Portichelle Foundation, Copper Country Senior Meals, and Dial Help are now Copper Shores Community Health Foundation. We are excited to announce this new name as it marks the start of a new era in community support. Copper Shores will continue to offer the same programs, services, and opportunities as before, as well as identify and fill service gaps within the community. With a passionate team dedicated to the well-being of community members, we can move our community forward in more ways than ever before. To learn more about our vision for a more helpful community, visit coppershores.org. Once again, good Sunday morning. Welcome to Copper Country Today. I'm Todd Van Dyke. Our program is brought to you by the Copper Shores Community Health Foundation. You can find out about them at coppershores.org. Big weekend coming up here for the Michigan Tech people and for the community in general. Uh, This coming Saturday, the annual Parade of Nations, which showcases all of the international students at Michigan Tech. And we're going to be talking for the next few minutes about the parade itself and the multicultural festival that will be going out on at the D Stadium afterward this Saturday at the D, but uh, also a bit of a uh, larger topic, the international community at Michigan Tech and how it developed in this way far out of the way place and what it means to the university and to us in the general community as well. And joining me on the program, I have uh, Kelly Raffaelli, who is the Associate Dean of Students and Director of International Programs and Services at Michigan Tech, and Mariana Nakashima, who is the Senior Administrative Aide for in- International Program Services at Michigan Tech. You need big business cards, don't you guys? <laughs> we do. <laughs> have lots of titles there at uh, Michigan Tech. Welcome to both of you. Thank, Thank you for coming you. in Thank to you. talk about, about this issue. It's, it's an important one for our community, and it's an important one for Michigan Tech at this point as well, because uh, as I've looked at the curve for students populations at some of our universities across the state michigan tech has held up pretty well Mm -hmm. over the years compared to some of the other schools downstate and uh, i look at the numbers of international students and i think maybe that's one of the things uh, that's helping us to keep the michigan tech student population up where it should be so do how do you recruit students from all of these faraway places. I mean, it's one thing to recruit across Michigan and Wisconsin. It's another thing to send out feelers to Iran and India and places like that. How do you reach out? One of our best recruit recruiters are our alumni. So many of our students who are here currently from around the world have been influenced by their close friends and family who have attended Michigan Tech themselves. And so that's one of our strongest recruiters is the alumni because they've had such a great experience and they share that experience with their family and friends back home. But our graduate department and our undergraduate admissions department, they do recruitment fairs, they reach out, Um, Before the pandemic, we used to do a lot of travel internationally to recruit um, potential students. That has changed, the landscape of that has changed since the pandemic. So a lot of virtual fairs um, and outreach. um, But really, our strongest uh, recruitment tool is our reputation and the, the care and service that our international students get while they attend. They share that with their friends and family. And that, I would think, uh, Mariana, makes it very important for us to maximize that experience while those students are here, both on campus and throughout the community. 
Absolutely. And I wanted to add that when IPS, we go to Chicago to welcome the students uh, so they feel safe and welcome and they can easily just go in a nice bus to come all the way to Michigan Tech. And I did ask them, why did you come? And a lot of them were friends, cousins, um, parents that already had come to Michigan Tech. So for them, it was a wonderful experience, a very safe place to go. And um, they, as Kelly has said, this is a wonderful institution and is very research-oriented. So uh, a lot of students will come for that because they know that this education will change their life. Well, and that makes it, uh, I think, especially important because, as you mentioned, we are not an easy place to get to from India or Iran or mm-hmm. Spain or any place like that. It's one thing for a student from a foreign country to say, ah, I'm going to take a flight to New York mm-hmm. or I'm going to take a flight to Los Angeles or Seattle. It's another thing to say, I'm going to take a flight to New York and then I'm going to take a flight to Chicago and then I'm going to hop on a bus or I'm going to get on a little puddle jumper plane and fly up to Houghton, Michigan. We're not easy to get to, so we have to put together a pretty good package to draw people here, don't we? Yes, absolutely. And how we try to help that, as Mariana mentioned, is we organize um, a pickup on a on a bus in Chicago so that our students can fly just to Chicago and then we put them on a charter bus, bring them to campus, and when they arrive, their other staff are here to welcome them, make sure they get where they need to go, bring them right to their door of wherever they're living, and get them started you know, with a warm, welcoming, husky welcome so that they start off on the right foot. Because I would imagine, Mariana, that this is a significant piece of culture shock to people who are coming from most areas around the world. We're not like a lot of the places that these students come from. Right, um... Most places are busy, they have a lot of people, they have great transportation services and walkability and some of the things we don't have, or we do have, but we need to schedule, you know, a bus, we need to think about that, those, we need to plan a lot more, but, but we do have safety and that I think for many parents is very important to send their kids to a place like this. I suppose they have heard stories about crime in Chicago and Los Angeles and New York and places like that. Whether or not that's all true or whether that affects the colleges in those areas that they might go to, there's a bit of a reputation now for that kind of violence. Correct. Yes. That's got to be scary as a parent. It is, and I think for our students, which are primarily graduate students, that is something they consider you know, strongly when they make that decision. And I think because... Typically, they know friends and family who have come here before. They're reassured that this is a place that not only is a safe community, but that the Michigan tech community is supporting them and providing you know, help in any way they need. So that draws them in as well. And we think about the students who come in here, but we don't often think about the parents and the families that they leave behind half a world away in many cases. Mm-hmm. This has to be very stressful for them as well. It is very stressful. Oftentimes, our students really struggle with managing their requirements and expectations here at the university and also feel guilt about the what they left behind and their roles that they left behind when they journeyed here. For some of our students, they may never return because of their visa or what country they're from. They may be, you know, stay in America for five, seven, ten years, 
and never see their family once. And so it's a huge burden on top of the academic rigor, the culture shock, moving across the world. They're leaving their family behind and the important role they play in the family. Well, and that was a question that I was going to get to as the discussion went on. How many of these students eventually do go back home and take what they've learned and apply it in their home communities? As to how many stay here in the United States and develop careers and families here? That's kind of hard to determine because um, international students who come on an F-1 visa, which primarily our students are on, they have an opportunity to stay up to three more years post-graduation and work under their F-1 visa. And if they're lucky, their company will sponsor their H-1B visa, or if they're lucky, they'll be able to apply for a green card. So many of them, that is the goal. There are other students who are in um, in the U.S., say, on a Fulbright scholarship or some other government-sponsored scholarship, and they are actually required to return home and to give that knowledge back to their home country. And we have many of those students every year. Okay. Now, these students who come over here, what kind of, is there a way to generalize what kind of families they're from? I would think that I would look and say most of these families are probably a little bit better off in their own home countries. They have to have some financial resources behind them to make this work. Is it possible to generalize? I think primarily they are very academic oriented. In order to come to Michigan Tech, you had to be, you had, you, they had to be in a good school. And they have to have the basis. They have to be bilingual. So by that, you know that they did worry about academics. And yes, financially, for the most part, they need to be financially stable. They have to. But they have to provide us proof of financials that they can afford to be here and study. But I think quite um, many of them have worked very hard to save that money and get here. And I would say. Maybe years ago, you would have seen a lot more affluent or more financially comfortable um, folks coming from around the world. But to many of our students are coming, and and they, you know, they have the, the right amount of money to come, but they have to work jobs and they have to really they struggle. So I think um, with the access to the internet more accessible around the world, we have a real diverse uh, group of students, both financially and and culturally. I was uh, surprised a few years ago as I was talking to some of the international students to find out how many of them really didn't even study at what we would consider high school level Mm. in their own communities. How many go on to kind of international uh, preparatory schools before they come here? Well, our population at Michigan Tech is primarily graduate students, and so we have less than 100 undergraduate students. Okay, so, so they've all gone through undergraduate work somewhere else. They have. Mostly in their home country? Uh, you know, this in the last two years, we're seeing a lot more students who are doing an undergraduate degree in a different country than their home country, and then coming to the U.S. for master's. I think with the globalization of the world, folks are really really um, looking for opportunity everywhere. What an incredible base that must give a young person, uh, Mariana, to come from one country, go to another country, come to another country. It must really broaden one's perspective in a way that we typically don't experience here. Yeah, that's true. Well, I came from Peru. 
And I, I, I was an undergrad in Ohio, and I study engineering, and now I'm here. So, yes, it is actually a beautiful experience to have seen different parts of the world, um, different languages, different cultures, different people. Yeah. Because we in the United States tend to think that we are the be-all and end-all. <laughs> and, you know, well, we don't, specif- we don't stress, for example, teaching second languages the way that other countries do. A lot of other countries start teaching English as a second language in uh, as early as kindergarten or first grade. We tend not to expose students to a second language until high school, and uh, uh, that doesn't necessarily work so well if you look at the studies that are done about when languages are best absorbed. Uh, We tend to be very myopic here in the United States, and I I suppose that's one thing, uh, Kelly, that having this international community on campus does is it helps the other students there to broaden their worldview as well. It sure does. We we really value our international student population. They bring such a rich cultural experience to our campus both in their in their customs and traditions as well as their language and they you know it's a mutual beneficial relationship they're they're getting to experience american culture and practice english and we're getting to experience their culture as well and whether we like the english language or not and many of us who use it hate it. (laughs) It's the most complicated language in the world, I think, at least convoluted. Uh, It is a language at this point, Mariana, Mariana, that pretty much everybody has to know if you're going to do any kind of international work at all. Absolutely. I mean, it's the the universal language of research Mm -hmm. for the most part. And so uh, it's a great value, even though many of the students who come here know it. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to be immersed in it and have to speak it on a daily basis and then become really conversant in it. Right, with the right speed, necessary speed. <laughs> well, and One thing is reading, one thing is talking. Yeah, I mean, I, I studied French. I spent two years on it in high school. I remember about a dozen or two dozen <laughs> words. I can look at French that's spelled out on the page and sort of make a little sense of it sometimes. But if somebody speaks French to me, I'm lost. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm completely out of it. So it's a, it's a whole different thing to become immersed in an environment such as this. How does this all relate? And I'm talking with, uh, with uh, uh, Kelly Raffaelli and... Uh, uh, Mariana Nakashima from Michigan Tech. How does this all relate to the greater community in general? Because if these young people are coming here and they're getting referred to come here, it must mean that there's more welcoming them here than just the core at Michigan Tech. How does the rest of the community, what role do we play in nurturing this? I think that there's, you know, a mixed experience. I think we have um, many graduate students who come to the Houghton community with their families and their children are enrolled in the local public schools and that these are excellent experiences. We know we have excellent schools here in our community and their, their children are given opportunities that perhaps maybe they don't have in their home country. So these experiences are beyond valuable to many of our graduate students who come with their, their families. 
I think we have other students that, you know, they struggle with the culture shock and, and learning the, the rules and the norms of our community. You know, we all struggle to learn the Uper loop, so everyone <laughs> has to struggle to figure that out. Um, but I think overall it's a positive experience. We, you know, there's always going to be one-off experiences that are not as positive, but the students know that they have a strong, supportive community at Michigan Tech, and you know they they live in our community. They're all over Houghton, they're all over Hancock, South Range, Chassel, you know Lake Linden. I mean, really, um, students are living all over the Copper Country and really take advantage of the the beauty and all the resources we have to offer. On occasion, I will encounter some students, particularly uh, shopping at the grocery sure. store or something like that, and I will I, I will see a couple of young people talking. In a language that I don't understand, and searching for things up and down the aisles, and uh, my natural curiosity makes me want to go up to them and say, "Hi, where are you from?" Blah blah blah. I don't really want to do that. I don't want to embarrass them or, or we, single them out. But. We actually talk to the students about that when they arrive, and we have orientation. We talk to them about how in this community, it's not odd for someone to say, hello, how are you? How are you doing? Or give you a smile or give you a polite nod because we're generally a super friendly community and don't be startled by this behavior. And, you know, this is very common in our in the copper country and people are really go out of their way to be welcoming. And this may be a really new experience for our international students, so we don't want them to be alarmed. Well, and, and it's... And as an international myself, I love when people ask. Like, I think that means it's a level of curiosity that is it's not a judgmental level, and I do like that. And I think most people do like to be asked. It, so many times it's not what you ask, and I'm not saying you, but in general, sure. it's the way it's asked. Like, oh, where are you from? Yeah, yeah. Like, where, where, where are you from? <laughs> I, that right, would but, be off-putting. Right. But, but me going up to somebody and saying, hey, I, I noticed you're, you're speaking in a different language. May I ask where you're from and what brought you here? Most would, uh, would understand me asking that question. Yeah, I, I think, think so. actually they would like it. Yeah. And, hey, how can I help you? I seen that you're struggling at the grocery store. Yeah. Well, and at the grocery store, I'm sure that they are seeing a lot of things that they don't see in grocery stores in their home countries, and they're probably not seeing a lot of things that they would take for granted at the grocery store in their home country. Absolutely. One of our favorite events we do in the summer is we do a s'mores event for international students, and it's delightful. The students get to make s'mores on a fire and try (laughs) this delicious treat, and they have no idea what this is, and even describing a s'more, we had to edit the language because graham cracker was not something that they res- that resonated with them. So we had to refer to it as a cookie so that they would be like, oh, okay, it's like a cookie, you okay. know? And so uh, the delight in the students' experience was is really one of my most favorite events of the year. Yeah, well, if you're going to suck somebody in, s'mores is not a bad way that's to That's true, do that. that's true. <laughs> double chocolate. you got to put like double oh, we have it, and chocolate the on them. Reese's Pieces peanut butter cups, we give oh. them all the options. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so what, what you're saying is that uh, the first thing we do when they get here is we start uh, gaining weight with them. (laughs) (laughs) Give them all the sweet treats, yep. There are students who come here from countries that are not necessarily real friendly Mm -hmm. to the United States. Mm -hmm. I know I've spoken with students from Iran Mm -hmm. over the years. We're not nationally very friendly with Iran. Do they have any trouble here from people who are perhaps uh, carrying a little chip on their shoulder about what's going on internationally? 
Sometimes, you know, we've had experiences in the community here and there. I think that um, folks in, in, in the Houghton community, um, you know, have come to learn and expect that international students are here in the community. We have international faculty and staff. And so I think I'm not going to say that it's perfect for everyone. But again, I think because the Iranian community has a great community uh, between the, the faculty, the staff, and the students, and, and other members of our general community who support them, that those positive experiences outweigh those negative ones. And again, it helps us all learn that governments may be governments, That's right. but people are people. That's true. That's and right. they're here with the same goals and the same right. wishes and the same right. hopes and dreams that we all have. And, Absolutely. And we are all just people. I'm talking with uh, Mariana Nakashima and Kelly Raffaelli from Michigan Tech. The Parade of Nations is coming up on Saturday, so let's talk a little bit about the specifics for the Parade of Nations. Uh, we're kind of back, I think, here, Mariana, to where we were before the pandemic. Absolutely. We're back, but we're stronger. <laughs> okay, we like that. Uh, the parade, how many different nations uh, do we anticipate will be represented in the parade this year? We're hoping about 60 nations to be represented. I think that's just amazing that you know there are only a couple hundred nations around the world. We have almost a third of them. Yes represented here in our little neighborhood. I know, it's wonderful. This is just uh, amazing to me. Has it made a difference? Because, of course, uh, Finlandia University was part of this over the last few years and will not be this year. Right. Yeah, so I used to work at Finlandia, and it it will make a difference. So that's what I would like community members to think about adopting a flag and walking that flag. It doesn't need to be your country of origin. It could be a country that means something to you. Adopt that flag and walk that flag from Quincy Green at 11 a.m. to noon. You guys will reach um, the D Stadium at noon. So if you could do that, that would be wonderful. So this, and I've known this, but I think a lot of people don't. A lot of people think that this is just for Michigan Tech students. This is a community-wide event, right? Absolutely, yes. We collaborate with the city of Hancock, the city of Houghton, many organizations throughout the community. It, it's facilitated by Michigan Tech, but for sure, it's a community event. So I could carry a Dutch flag. Sure can, yes. Because can. I'm legitimately Dutch. So, I don't know. I, I I often joke that I am the president of the Copper Country Dutch Heritage <laughs> Society, and our annual meetings are held at my house, sitting there at my go. kitchen counter, with me watching Netflix. <laughs> you should. Nobody it, has but. requested that flag yet. So. Well, maybe I should. It's do all that. yours, right? <laughs> and we have a system where, if there's, um, say, community members or students or anyone who um, their flag is not a part of the parade they can request the flag we will purchase it and then they can walk in the parade with that flag now we've got just a week or so left before the parade mm -hmm. as this airs on sunday morning is there still time to do that yes and we have hundreds of flags yeah. so. how do we go about that so you could go to our ips webpage. so yes google ips at mtu and right when you get into the web page there will be a uh, 
links to the right, and that that's where you can request a flag. It's very user friendly. All right. Uh, are other floats and participants welcome in the in the parade? Yes, yes. We're looking for for floats. We already have two groups that um, have guaranteed that they will be there: the Girl Scouts and the um, Upers for Ukraine. Oh, the Upers for Ukraine have been very busy, and what a tragic situation. Yes. Do we have Ukraine students here? We do. We have a few. Oh, my. Yes. Uh, my heart just goes out to to them, and what a challenge that must be to come far away from home right. when people are struggling so much with that terrible situation there. So yes. It's a lot of stress, yes. Yeah. Hearts go out to them. The parade starts at what time Saturday? So Saturday, if you're going to carry a flag, we recommend you to come before 1030 to Quincy Green, and um, then starts at 11, the walk. We get there to the D Stadium at noon, and then all the doors of the D Stadium will be open. We will have food, entertainment, and a booth with some um, information regarding international um, activities that you can do. And that's kind of the thing that's been missing the last few years because of the COVID situation is that wonderful festival afterward. How many student groups will be preparing their food this year? Do you know? Yes, I do. We have eight student groups that will be preparing food. Uh, Would you like some of their names? Sure. Yeah, so the African Student Association, the Bangladeshian, the Indian um, Student Association, the Iranian community, the Muslim Student Association, the Nepalese Student uh, Organization, the Society of Hispanic Engineers, and the Society of Asian Scientists and Engineers. There's a Nepalese Student Association? I mean, Nepal is a tiny little place up in the mountains over there, and yet we have enough students here that there's a... a, This just amazes me. It is This just amazes me, and I have sampled food over the years at the the D, and I know that it's a source of great pride for those students to share what they love with us, and I think there's a bit of an obligation perhaps on our part to go and uh, show them that we appreciate that they're sharing that and besides you'll enjoy it. Todd also there will be some businesses um, back uh, selling food so we have Sky Sushi, The Force, Munch Machine, The Griffin Cafe, The Border Grill, Nisu Cafe. All right so you can check the website for more details about the uh, about the Parade of Nations coming up and the Multicultural Festival. And we have to remember like worldwide sharing food is really a great way to meet people so for them it's really like a way of introducing themselves to the community and welcome making them feel comfortable and welcome as well that is a very important tradition in many cultures Mm -hmm. isn't it the the sharing of food uh confirms a friendship or confirms a business relationship and we've got to wrap things up here but again uh mariana thank you for coming in and kelly raffaele thank you for coming in looking forward to the parade of nations coming up Mm -hmm.